TalkZone.com. Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to the TalkZone.com. It is two guys at a mic back at you on a beautiful, beautiful Wednesday here. We are emanating out of the fine city of Chicago. I'm not even sure what emanating means, but that's what it says here on the script. 888-463-6748. The phone number, two guys at a mic right now. It's one guy in a mic. I think we got some technical difficulties. We're trying to get the big dog on the air, but lots to talk about today on the Two Guys Show, including NFL playoff talk. We got college basketball, some good games last night. We got some hockey to talk about, a little NBA basketball. We'll jump off the sports page. Very serious situation in Haiti right now with that uh, uh, tragic earthquake yesterday. We'll see if we can talk a little bit on that and on a much more inane level we have the uh, a battle of a much lesser sort and that is Leno versus Conan the saga continues all that on the docket of Morris the big dog and the coach with you big dog great to hear you and I'm glad our technical difficulties have been solved how are you my friend and how are your technical difficulties uh my technical difficulties are, are just getting a little bit more difficult but wow there's a lot going on in the world Hades has an earthquake yep Conan the warrior is taking somebody on them. I mean there's a lot going on coach <laughs> By the way, a question asked one of our emailers: If you take steroids, do your technical difficulties shrink? Oh well, see what happens is your body produces testosterone, okay, and and it's uh, your your dangling bits at you. <laughs> at, at least two two of the three of your dangling bits. Yeah. Coach. Well, I will tell you this: Speaking of dangling, uh, you know, back in my English days, my grammar was not very good. I thought I could write pretty good. I just never followed the tr- uh, technical specific grammatical rules that we were supposed to follow. But when it came to the dangling participle, Big Dog, nobody, nobody could write a dangling participle like myself. i got to be quite honest with you. I don't think I'm 100% clear on what a dangling participle is. You're not really going to ask me to describe what a dangling participle is on this uh, high-quality meat and potato sports talk show, are you? Since it's your area of expertise and I have no clue what one is, I figured it might be a perfect time to ask. Let me ask you this as I try to sway away from that question. Do you know what onomatopoeia is? Yeah, that's uh, like when you write something <laughs> down and it actually sounds like, oh, no, you are supposed to tell a joke at that point. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, like, oop or ah. Uh, yeah, right? exactly. Or like uh, crash. Big fan of onomatopoeia, too. Boing. Yeah, and I can I can explain that one a lot easier than I can the dangling participle. Uh, <laughs> great to talk well, to you, big dog. Uh, and I know uh, we talked a lot of sports yesterday. We really didn't get into the NFL playoffs that much. I want to touch on that. But uh, on a serious note, we do want to mention in Haiti, boy, just a tragic situation, uh, the earthquake there. I don't know if you've heard any more recent reports on it, but uh, we can only hope the best. I don't know if we have listeners in the Haiti area. We are via the Internet, but uh, our thoughts, prayers, and um, certainly uh, deep, deep wishes for the best in a bad situation to all the folks out in Haiti. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, seriously, the only like the only people who really profit from an earthquake in Haiti are the witch doctors, mm-hmm. which, and there's plenty of them, you know yeah, what I mean? And these guys, they do business 
you know, off the charts at this time of year whenever there's an earthquake in Haiti. Yeah, they were they were already profiting pretty good, even before the earthquake. Yeah, and, you know, when you're a witch doctor, because they speak French in Haiti, it, yep. it really does sound beautiful. Like, you know, when they give you your whatever you need to do in order to cure whatever that ails you. Yes. Okay, it does sound absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah, they can make you owe us $125,000, even though we didn't make you feel better. They can make it sound just very eloquent. Yes, and, and and one thing, Coach, no matter how much they tell you you owe, you you better pay the witch doctor. Oh, yes. There, there's a lot of voodoo and stuff like that down in Haiti, so the people are... This is probably really, really weird to have the population under. Now, they share an island with the Dominican Republic. Okay. Uh, were they affected at all? You know, I don't think so. And, again, reports are so early and it's so hard to get the info. But uh, the best I can tell you is a non-political, non-current event sports talk guy. I don't think the Dominican Republican uh, was affected. But Okay. Now, they had, they had three real big ones, supposedly. Now, hopefully no tsunamis or anything like that were created out of this. But. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, I think it was a uh, level seven, which is is pretty serious. Yeah, that's real big. That's big time. Yeah, He's pretty serious. That. I think the largest one we've had here in recent years was a four point two, and I think that was the first half of the Cincinnati Bengals Chicago Bear game. Which, uh, if you're in Chicago, it felt like a seven. <laughs> you know, there's some things I'm trying to put out of my mind this year, and that, that first you know, half of the, well, the whole game of the Cincinnati game is one of them. I don't know what disaster it was—a hurricane, an earthquake, a tornado—but it was a disaster. And speaking of that, by the way, our beloved Bears, which have been turned down by a couple of uh, offensive coordinators, apparently they're looking at the Cincinnati quarterbacks coach. So maybe the disaster against Cincinnati down the road could turn into something positive for our beloved Bear. You know. That's like, you know, the Cubs signed Jeff Blauser because every time the Cubs saw him, he was killing the ball. And all of a sudden, you put Jeff Blauser against the yeah. rest of the National League, and he's on the Cubs instead of facing the Cubs yeah. pitching. And Same thing for him. Uh, there might be some – this might be what's going on here, Coach. So try to hire every guy that's a, a bear killer or a cub killer. Try to hire him, bring him to our team. We tried that with Moise Salute, too. Remember, that didn't work so well either. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying we should do this. I'm saying we should not. Just because they had success against your particular franchise, yes. maybe your franchise has been struggling. Yeah. If you really want to, you know, make that work, have another team that you're going to play next year. Have them hire your defensive and offensive coordinators and put in the system that you were running. That'll guarantee a good line of success for next year. Yeah, you know, uh, you see Aaron Rodgers putting up 45 points in a playoff game and they lose. And you wonder how the Bears are going to stop that. Well, when you hear the when you hear these magic words, the Packers have hired Ron Turner. You know that will definitely slow <laughs> down Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Then you can go over the schedule, Bears Packers. That's a win. Yeah. By the way, I did go over the Chicago Bears schedule for 2010-2011 season. No, no, it's just the teams are playing. It isn't their actual schedule, right? No, no, the actual. Well, what do you mean? It's the same thing. The teams they're playing. Well, you don't know what order that they're going to be playing those guys in yet. No, no, right. no. They... I I thought it was, but all right. Well, it doesn't really matter what order. But I went down game by game, analyzed the rosters, future possible draft pick, doing my homework for the show. Big dog, I got us going for thirteen and three next year. That's not bad. No, that's uh. Then obviously the losses are late in the year when they're resting people, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's right. They're thirteen and one, and they lose a couple of games because they uh, decide to. <laughs> rest people for the playoffs, which brings us, by the way, to a uh, uh, an interesting story, I think, with the Indianapolis Colts. Do you think the time off and the resting of the players with Indianapolis, you think that's going to help them, hurt them? Doesn't it no, put a little I, more pressure on them? It, it, I, I think in some weird way there's a, a little bit more pressure on them. 
the, the fact that New England lost, I think, really does help perfect teams now. They they should have went for a coach. I, I really believe you should rest the people that need resting because you deserve that. You have the best record in the league. So if you want to do that, you do it. But if you have a perfect record, as with me, I just would not. It, it, it sends just a weird message to the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. And I personally, if I was the Colts this year, I would have made sure that nobody got rested until uh, games were decided. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, here, here's a, a, a grand thought. How about resting your players after you've won the game? Go out and, there and attack the opposing team. You know, get a 21-point lead mid-third quarter if you can, and then rest them. And, 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 a, and people always say, oh, you gotta rest the, you got to rest your players. That isn't, no, Peyton Manning doesn't need rest. He's going to have six days in between games where he can figure out that he needs rest, okay? What you need to do is make sure that your backup is capable to come in and play successfully. And, see, the funny thing is everybody always wonders about the last two, three weeks of the year. There were games this year where the the Colts were winning 38-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter and Peyton Manning was still in the game. That's the week Peyton Manning should have got rested. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I hear, I see all this stuff, people always complaining, no, and resting people the last couple weeks of the year isn't the time to rest them because especially when you have a bye week, he should have played as much as he possibly could late in the season. Rest them early. Mm-hmm. Actually, rest them in, in games in, in fourth quarter of the sixth week of the year, the tenth week of the year. That stuff starts adding up, and it really would help a football player in the long run. It's going to be game two of the weekend schedule. I think maybe the best matchup. Boy, there's some good ones, but Baltimore at Indianapolis, so many storylines there. Jimmy Caldwell, the rookie coach following Tony Dungy. Can it get it done? I think we all agree. They put a little bit more pressure on themselves by, I don't want to say forfeiting, but certainly not playing their hardest to win a couple of games. And You know, big dog careers are short. Life is short. You got an opportunity. This is just my opinion. You got an opportunity to create history, to go undefeated, something that's only been done once, right? Yeah, only once. Once. And you got a chance to do that. You got to go for it. You remember I've talked to you before about the rocking chair test. When you're making a decision, this can apply to your personal life too, any personal decisions, the rocking chair test. And that is. 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. For me, sadly, it's about 10 years when I'm in a rocking chair. Hopefully some of our other listeners a little bit longer. When you make that decision now, when you're sitting back and looking as a grandpa or grandma sitting in the rocking chair and you look back on that decision, is it going to be something you regretted or is it going to be something you're happy that you didn't? I think the decision by the Indianapolis Colts and Jim Caldwell to not go for those wins, I think it does not pass the rocking chair test. And did you see how deflated the Colts were on the sidelines that day against the Jets? Yep. I mean, they looked like they were losers. I mean, I know those are obviously not losers whatsoever, but they looked like they had lost. You know what I mean? And they had not looked like that in a long time. It ended an NFL record consecutive win streak to mm-hmm. 22 games. Yep. You know, there's, there, there's a lot. To, and I understand winning the Super Bowl is the most important thing. But if you really consider what happened in that game, it really gives the Ravens a little bit of confidence. And it also has the Colts just down a tad. Mm-hmm. And, and the, what I say about that is they don't have Jim Sorge anymore. And just say Peyton Manning like, hurt his hand and he had to come out for a series. During that time, the Ravens are going to be licking their lips. They're thinking they're going to force a turnover. Who, who came into the game? Who, Curtis Painter. Them. You know, like I said, you want to be able to get your backups in so they get some timing, play mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't know if that helped the Colts. He was absolutely so abysmal. Him in that particular situation, just like Peyton Manning does get hurt in this playoff game coming up, mm-hmm. and he's just going to be out for a couple series. 
things could get really ugly really quick for the Indianapolis. Yeah, and your point is well taken. I completely agree with it. It's something I've always said is the most underrated position in all of sport. The one most overlooked from odds makers to predictors to television analysts is the backup quarterback because they are literally one hit away from stepping in and playing arguably, maybe even unarguably, the most significant position in all of professional sports. And when you're analyzing a game, nobody talks about the backup quarterback. And a couple of weeks ago, Joel, less than a couple of weeks ago, Colt McCoy was living, breathing proof of that very point. Yeah, and... It's, uh, you know, I live with a, a Texas fan and he's taken the loss really, really well. Okay. But there's other Texas fans that, you know, I've been communicating with and, and these people are, oh, we'd have won if, if, uh, Colt McCoy didn't get hurt and, and, and who knows, maybe that's the truth, coach. But quite simply, if you have a quarterback and you run 15 times a game with your quarterback and all of a sudden he takes a helmet and up underneath his shoulder pad and gets hit, mm-hmm. and he can't throw the ball anymore, don't come crying to us when that happens. You better have a backup quarterback prepared. So, mm-hmm. it, really, it's that simple. If you're going to run with your quarterback, every single play the kid is liable to get uh, hurt. He's mm-hmm. able to get hurt throwing a pass, let's be honest, but a lot more liable if he's actually running with the football 15 times. No question about it. He's the big dog, Joel Radwanski, joining me today. Two guys and a mic here on the TalkZone.com. It's Internet Sports Talk. You can reach us via the phone lines at 888-463-6748. And, of course, we always accept your friendly emails, even your unfriendly emails. What the heck? We'll take them all in uh, at Mike, two guys, M-I-C in the number two. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. Big dog, real quick before we go. Gotta take our first break here. Did you see Colt McCoy proposed apparently to his longtime girlfriend? Did you hear that and how he did it? Well, he had to change. He had to change everything that he was going to do because he actually had her sit in the corner of the end zone. And he was hoping to, <laughs> after a, a Statue of Liberty play, he was going to run to the Stop corner it. and ask that's, her to marry her after the game. But that's so old. It's been there, done that. I did not hear, Coach. What did no, you do? No, you know, for, well, I'm going to talk about Cole McCoy getting married in the first place, which is a big mistake. But apparently, he walked his girlfriend over to beautiful Texas Stadium. I don't know what sponsor runs it now. What's Texas's? What do they call their home field? I, I think Zero Royal Stadium, Coach, or something like that. All right, let's call it. I'm sure there's a sponsor for it. We'll call it, the, you know, Home Builders Daryl Royal Stadium. Walks her over there and uh, has her turn around. And apparently, on the big giant scoreboard, they all said they set it up for him. You know, when you're the quarterback for four years, they do those kind of favors for you. Uh, whatever her name is, will you marry me on the big giant scoreboard? She turns around. He's on his knee with the ring in his hand. Wow. How romantic is that? Not too now, bad. Is the girl huh? a cheerleader? Not too shabby. I don't think she's a cheerleader. I think she's in the uh, science and technology department. Lovely lady. I don't know why Colt McCoy, I'm, I'm sure, you know, he's in love, wants to get married. But, boy, you're 20 years old. You're about to be drafted first round of the NFL. You're Colt McCoy. What are you doing getting married? He's probably going to be a a second rounder. He might be a first rounder. But uh, the answer to that, Coach, is uh, he's a really, really devout, uh, Bible thumping. I mean, Christian young man. See, I was not. And uh, there's there's (laughs) been word. There's been word that um, the consummation of this particular relationship will be his first time he's ever been in the consumé. If you know what I mean. Wait a minute. Well, that can happen to anybody. But um, I thought that was Tim Tebow. Well, no, no, Tim Tebow, by Tim the Te- way, Tim Tebow, when he finally comes out, I cannot wait that there will actually be a representative in the NFL for that particular uh, demographic, which it's about time. Okay. Oh, so you're, you're saying that uh, you think Tim Tebow may actually be gay? Yes, I, he will be the okay. first 
I, this is just my guess. I'm not, I'm not ripping him. You know, there, there's not, it's not wrong. I just no, think, absolutely. I, I just think when he does come out, it okay. will be it'll be great for everybody. Yeah. you know, in that in that sector. Yeah, it, we, we need more professional athletes to uh, do to uh, admits the wrong word because there's nothing wrong with it, but uh, to come out and I think that would help. Many others that maybe don't happen to be famous people or professional athletes, I'm right with you on that. So we got two guys, Tim Tebow, Colt McCoy, the two poster boys for college football this year, and you're telling me through their collegiate lives, both of them possibly have been celibate. No, no. Everybody has been saying that about Tebow, and I, and I felt that's kind of a joke, and I've been hearing this about, about Colt McCoy lately. Mm-hmm. I I, uh, I didn't even know he had a girlfriend. I didn't either. So, so I, maybe why he I was... actually read this and... I thought it was a wonderful way to propose. Big Dog, I know you uh, you are slightly older than a Colt McCoy. Your uh, athletic history, slightly less, although you were an outstanding Division three college football player. When you finally meet the young lady, have you thought about a unique romantic way to propose? Any ideas you come up with maybe that uh, our listeners might be amused by? Uh, well, seriously, the, the last time that I actually went shopping for a bride, I was going through Bangkok Beauty. <laughs> And uh, there was a couple. There was a couple unique ways, you know. That the last time, like uh, I proposed, because I was like, you know, I offer you fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> you know, and the guy was like, no, 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 I want eighty thousand, you know. So yeah. eventually, that's I just, was you like, know, that that just kills no more. When and you're then, bargaining so. over twenty thousand, it just really kills the romance, you know. <laughs> you know, but but when the guy was like, you know, I will I will only take sixty five thousand, you know, I looked at her and I'm like, Yeah, you know, she's worth it and then she's like, Oh, you know, so you know, it, it uh-huh. you know, it was a pretty touching moment. All right. Well, you know, you're you're on internet sports talk here. If you want to use us as a vehicle, uh, you know, feel free, but I would be happy when again, when you meet the young lady and hopefully twenty thousand bargaining won't come between the two of you, hopefully it'll be true love. Money is no object. Hope we only had a laugh track. Uh, no, we, no, no, no money. No money is no object. Seriously, right. seriously. If if the girl's poor, I probably would still consider marrying her. Yes, I'm not sure if vice versa would be true, but if she's poor and she looks at your recent resume, she's probably thinking, "Well, here I am, 30 years more poor." But you know, true love cannot be denied, Big Doug. I hope you meet the young lady. And again, if you need to use the TalkZone.com. I know I'm overstepping my bounds here, but I will speak for our fine general manager, Chris Whitting, the commander-in-chief. Feel free to use our Internet to come up with any idea to propose to the young lady. You know, that's not a bad idea. I, I will consider how we can use the Internet, uh, Coach. Uh, but uh, I, I'm starting to think that maybe uh, t- talking about my personal issues, because that didn't work out for my first marriage, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually speaking about them on air. You actually kind of get this woman a little upset. Okay. So, so, so what you're telling me is get away from uh, the Bangkok ladies and move on to sports talk. No, no, no. What I'm saying is I got to get a I got to get a girl that doesn't punch us so hard. So I can't talk about it on there and not really have to worry about the repercussions. <laughs> uh, That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> just get down your three point stance and deliver a forearm shiver. Stay low and drive <laughs> drive forward. <laughs> I don't uh, know what that sound was in the back, but. Yeah, we don't we don't quite have the sound effects of our other radio show, but uh, David Olson, our outstanding producer, will sneak a few little uh, freebies in there for you just to keep us amused. All right, uh, dog, we got to take a quick break. You can hang on. I hope last time we took a break, we uh, we cut you off. I hope that won't happen again. Well, yeah, I don't know if it was us or you, but we'll figure it out. Coach. All right, and make sure you check your dangling participles during the break. We'll be back. I want to go over the NFL playoff uh, picture. Four great games. The point spreads are interesting. We got a lot of other news to go in college hoops. Some good college basketball. Did you watch? any last night dog oh absolutely coach all right we'll talk some college hoops back in a minute 888-463-6748 you are more than welcome to join
the discussion. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joe radwanski on talkzone.com big dog there are many great uh, chinese tortures if you will i'm a longtime chinese torture fan and maybe it's not politically correct to talk about that now with the uh, actual serious things that have happened at guantanamo uh, prison and some of the others but i will tell you that music that we just listened to during the break, if you lock somebody up with only four walls and nobody else around and just play that music over and over again, that might be the most, uh, that might be the worst Chinese torture that I've heard of all. No, that, that does sound like a weekend with David Zamora. That's, that's about fourth on the list. Okay, that's, uh. <laughs> yeah. My personal favorite, by the way, is the one where uh, they put him on a huge block of ice and then they put a fish hook. It's kind of disgusting here, but we are America's number one breakfast show as long as you are not eating breakfast in America. Two guys and a mic on thetalkzone.com. Welcome back, 888-463-6748. But you put the guy on a large block of ice, they put a fish hook just a little bit into the top of the roof of the mouth. Okay. And and then you put him out in hot weather as the block of ice slowly melts. Do I need to go any further? So this is a this is a Chinese torture coach. Absolutely. Okay, it, it, it's kind of like taking somebody, getting them naked. Okay, putting stakes in the ground, put them on all four, and then spreading honey all over them right next to an anthill. That would be another one. Okay, isn't that a Native American torture? I don't, you know, it's we kind of use it back in my day. Anyway, we use the axiom. It's probably not fair to the uh, the Asian people, but we called it the Chinese torture. Or, or the Native Americans who actually came up with these. You know what I mean? It's like you know, you're, you're robbing us. Those are our tortures. Yeah. It's a good point. Good point. Once again, you are politically correct. Not necessarily entertaining, but you're politically correct. <laughs> That's too bad. <laughs> All right, we are back at TalkZone.com. By the way, during the break, we were talking about your love life and attempt to get married. One of our emailers wrote in and said, there, make- there is no attempt. Let's get that straight. Okay, Coach. Not even attempting? 
No, no, listen, I'm not, I, I shouldn't be attempting anything right now. I need to quit okay. juggling. Okay, okay, go ahead. All right, but they said make love, not war, and then they said do both, get married. <laughs> you can email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. But very quickly, let's get out of the NFL football playoffs and away from your personal life. I know you'll be Please. happy to do that. Yeah, and away is. from Chinese uh, tortures. Uh, all right, real quick, I want to go by the, down the four game. Want to get to some college hoops coming up to 888-463-6748. You're a basketball fan. Watch some college hoop last night. Me and the dog will talk about that with you in just a bit. But real quick, four great games coming up this weekend. The point spreads are out, dog. The Saturday afternoon game, Arizona and New Orleans. The Saints favored by seven. You think that's about, uh, the right line? Uh, yeah, that'll be the right line. I can imagine going 50-50 on that. I, I would have it at uh, more than seven because I do think the Saints are going to win by more than than one score in this. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just don't understand how come the the teams that are playing on Sunday in both conferences are the ones playing on Saturday this week. So you got two teams getting an eight day rest and two teams getting a six day rest. That, that's kind of garbage. The Saints shouldn't have to be the Cardinals shouldn't have to be playing on Saturday, but they will. Uh, I, I say the Saints. Uh, they're going to score at least 40 points. I know that's really not going on on a limb here, but the winner scores at least 40 in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is odd. Which is a lot of points. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe David Olson, our producer, will be able to get one of the NFL honchos on the air. But, uh, it, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but that less one day less of rest and or preparation, uh, it, not majorly significant, but it does make a difference in the team's planning. Yeah, if you're playing on Saturday, then you should play the next Saturday. Yep. That's all I'm saying. Is, so both teams have the seven days. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make a big difference because you have to travel in the meantime. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you have to travel twice in the meantime. It's it's just not right. Mm-hmm. But there's greater travesties in the world, Coach. Which team is my favorite player? Early Doucette, is he on the Arizona Cardinals? I forgot. I watched so many games over the weekend, I lost track. Early Doucette, one of the most underachieving wide receivers in LSU history, is playing pretty well as an NFL player. You know, he translates. And he you know, is, him being able to slack off and just play whenever he wants to is really turning him into okay. a really good pro. He is an Arizona Cardinal, though. Yes, he is. All right. And uh, Early Doucette's counterpart, Anquan Bolden, the great all-pro NFL receiver, out last week. I know you've been checking the medical reports all morning. Our uh, information is telling us, dog, that uh, Bolden, the great receiver, may play for Arizona. That's a plus. Yeah, he's going to be a game-time decision, Coach. We'll see. Okay. Stephen Breston filled in for him uh, quite well. Yeah, he, he played well, and uh, when uh, Charles Woodson kept falling down while covering Larry he was blanketing Larry Fitzgerald, except for the five times he fell on his face. I, I've never seen Charles Woodson <laughs> fall down in his whole entire career, and he fell five times on uh, on uh, Sunday, and yeah. Warner hit him every single time, it seemed like. Yeah, there were a lot of people slipping on that turf. I couldn't mm-hmm. quite figure it out, but you're right. By the way, speaking of Charles Woodson, kudos to him. I think you're going to agree with me, a very I deserved do. winner of the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. A lot of talk about did Daryl Revis deserve it. There's a few other names on the list. You know, I think they got the right guy. I'm a Bear fan here, and I do think the Packer deserved it. You know, he played. He was a lockdown corner this year, and how many fumbles did he force? How many big plays did he make? Uh, He's a, he, I think he really is a defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Guy who came in second place, you uh, mentioned his name, and I haven't seen a whole lot of New York Jet football, but uh, the little bit I've seen, Daryl Rivas, awfully good. He's he's a mighty my coach. The guy's like five foot nine, and what he does is uh, but he when the game starts, he puts on the same pair of you're wearing somehow. Uh-huh. I don't know how he does it, and at the end of the game, he gets out of them, and you're like, well, I didn't even get a catch today. So, <laughs> I mean, that's just what he does. He's right now the best cover corner in football. Mm-hmm. Where did he come from? What college? 
you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that it is uh, an SEC. I'm pretty sure it's like Alabama, but I'll have to find that out for you. Uh, and I don't think he was one of those like high number one draft picks. I don't think. No, he never, was not. I never heard of the kid before. All right, game two, real quick. Saturday night, 7 o'clock, cancel your social plans. It's NFL playoff time, Baltimore at Indianapolis. They set the point spread up at 6.5. The Baltimore Ravens last weekend, Joel, had the look. You know the look I'm talking about. They had the look. I'm just going to leave it at that. Ravens getting six and a half at Indy. And when you have that look, you could attempt ten passes, complete four of them for 34 total yards of passing in a game and wow. blow somebody out when you get that look, Coach. And uh, that's exactly what they're going to have to do with the Indianapolis Colts. But uh, they have to have that look. They have to be able to run the ball that well. They have to get turnovers. They have to play great in the special teams. But I promise you this. There is no possible way, even if they play the perfect uh, like conservative ball control style, great punching them out uh, uh, style that they're going to have to play to beat the Colts. They won't be able to do it if they don't score. There's no way that if they can get 34 yards of passing and beat the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. It, it's impossible. They're going to have to score. They're going to have to open it up a little bit in order to beat the uh, in order to beat the Colts. It's not going to happen. They will beat the the, the Ravens down. The the score of this game, it's going to be like 24-9, but the Colts will control it most. It'll be a tough game, but they'll control it, Coach. All right, so you think six and a half points about the right spread. You're you're liking the Vegas guys right now. I'm taking Indianapolis Colts with that spread. Thank you very much. I am not disclosing my picks just yet. I'm still analyzing and going over the research reports. Not really, but it sounds good to say as a technical sports talk professional here, but uh, I'm, I'm leaning. Leaning towards the underdogs in both those games, Big Dog. I kind of like Arizona and Baltimore. Maybe I'm influenced by last week's games, and I know I shouldn't. By the way, my Beat the Schmoes record for this year? Yes. And if you're new to the program, we play a game on Football Friday every Friday. It's a pick three games, high school, college, or pro. Obviously, this weekend, uh, you're only going to be able to pick pro. You pick them against the point spread. Other shows play Beat the Pros. We here on the TalkZone.com play Beat the Schmoes. My record six and fifteen since we've started this show, Big Dog. So please don't listen to me. Oh, that is at, that's twenty eight point six percent. How did you that's figure a, that out? Because it's uh, six divided into twenty one, which is twenty eight point six percent. That's very impressive for a guy yeah. that uh, doesn't know a dangling participle from onomatopoeia. That's pretty good math. Oh, I was good with the numbers, Coach. I was never good with uh, actual oh. like uh, English. Like composition. Well, the two of us would have done great in school together then. I would have covered the English part. You could have covered me in math. You know, combined, the two of us, we might have been able to get into an actual legitimate college, maybe like in Indiana. You know, uh, if you could have covered me in fifth period when I yeah. was uh, out, you know, when it was supposed to be at a study hall and I yeah. was, you know. I, I, I was all good. I was not out in the parking lot doing things I shouldn't have been. Maybe I wanted to, but I wasn't. So I, I cover you for that fifth period. Well, I, I didn't smoke, but Katie Collins lived right by the, the high school. Katie Collins? Yes. Okay. Well, that, that was a long time ago, Coach. Right now, uh, we have one. We have two more games to get to get involved with. We get sidetracked so easy, Big Doug. It's unbelievable. We need like a third party here just to kind of uh, sew us together a little bit. All right. Uh, let's go to Sunday. Let's go to Sunday afternoon. Game number one. A lot of people think this might be the best game of the bunch. The Dallas Cowboys red hot. Many of those same people think maybe now the Cowboys the team to beat. Minnesota's been quiet for a while. They kind of limped to the finish line. It's at Minnesota. The Vegas odds got a two and a half points. The hometown Viking favorite. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm I'm really going to like this. Uh, The Cowboys are going to beat up those really, really uh, below average receivers of the Vikings. 
the defensive line is going to be able to uh, get into the backfield. I mean, let's just face it, Coach. When Brett Favre gets blitzed, when he, whenever he faces pressure, he is bad. And uh, Adrian Peterson is not having the greatest year that you, you, you thought he was going to have. He'll be able to pressure Favre, which means that he'll throw interceptions. It's going to be a beautiful day for everybody that just couldn't wait for Brett Favre to fail. <laughs> Finally. Because he he had a pretty darn good season. He had a really good year, and all of a sudden now he has to face DeMarcus Ware and Theo Ratliff and uh, that Anthony Spencer kid. He is in a a world of hurt come Sunday afternoon. All right, there it is. The big dog, our football expert here on the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic pick of the Dallas Cowboys in a minor. That's all it would be, minor Upset, finally, coach, dog. Coach, coach, by the middle of the second quarter, you're going to be like, this is no upset. The, the better team is the one that's okay. dominating the Vikings right now. Okay. There was Seriously, a time. Really. After, what, about 12 weeks of the season, there was a time the Minnesota looked like maybe the best team in the NFL. If you would have said to anybody on November 1st, uh, who's going to be in uh, the championship game, you'd be like, well, the Colts will probably play San Diego, and uh, without a doubt, it'll be uh, uh, New Orleans and Minnesota in the NFC. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, New Orleans or Minnesota is not making it. But it's it's just, it's just funny how in how six weeks everything could change so quickly in the NFL. Yeah, and it's odd. You look at three of the four top seats: New Orleans, Indianapolis, Minnesota. Uh, body of work, they all had great seasons, but three of the four top seats. Correct me if I'm wrong. We're headed downhill at the end of the season, slumped at the end. Kind of odd for your number one seats. Yeah, only San Diego uh, right. went marching into the playoffs. Only, only the Chargers did. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and think about it. And think about what everything looked like about ten days ago. But nobody was going to beat Philadelphia, Coach. Philadelphia was the, the up and coming. They're the team to beat in the NFC. There's no way they're going to get stopped. And you know, and well, right now to me, it's the Cowboys. Well, they're the hot hand right now. We'll see if they can continue it. Uh, I, I do think a rematch of, of Dallas New Orleans in the in the Superdome would be absolutely fantastic. Ooh, but let's let's worry go. about this this week right now. A little early prediction: Dallas New Orleans. Very good. All right, three games down. I don't know if anybody's going to have any energy left. Uh, it's almost anticlimactic. It's probably the least sexy of the four games, but it still could be a good one. The New York Jets taking on the San Diego Chargers. Do the Chargers kind of? Get all their good stuff out. Are they ready to maybe lay an egg in a rare playoff appearance? And are the Jets, I mentioned this yesterday, Joel, possibly, possibly are they this year's Arizona Cardinals, who, of course, upset everybody, went to the Super Bowl last year? Okay, everybody is, like, comparing these two particular teams. There's there's one particular difference of these two particular teams. Uh, Sanchez versus Warner. One guy is a grizzled playoff veteran, a guy that always plays big in the and, and all of a sudden we have another team that uh, has a rookie at quarterback, and they played the perfect football game so far, and they have not put Mark Sanchez one time in a situation where he truly had to be a quarterback and, and win any particular situations whatsoever. He's going to have to uh, – the Chargers will be able to force him to beat them at times, which is going to cost the, the Jets. This is just, It's all cute right now. Hey, look, they, they backed into the playoffs. Oh, and they, they, uh, they hammered the, the Bengals, who were a pretty decent team. You know, can they give a game to the Chargers by the, this game? The Chargers dominate this game too. The Chargers end up winning this game like, uh, like 23 to 3. All right. So a nice Cinderella story, but the story comes to an end Sunday at about 7 o'clock. Yeah, it's over with at that particular time, coach. <laughs> so at least you know one thing. I don't, I don't hide my opinions on particular games. I will be, I'm willing to go out there on a limb. The, the Jets train ride is done. Mm-hmm.
So, Whatever tree that is, it better be a strong limb because, Big Doug, you are a, a large individual. So you would go out on a limb. It's truly a dangerous thing. Yeah, well, I'm pushing two and a quarter right now, Coach. Mm-hmm. Any uh, any any particular dietary stuff? I know you've got some weird eating habits many of our new listeners might not be aware of. Any uh, new health food things that you might have been trying of late before we take a break, or are you still chewing on bark? No, you know what? You say I have weird dietary habits. Well, I just try to eat natural, Coach, I, I, just because I, you know, I don't put high fructose corn syrup in my body, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the best way to live. I wouldn't say I'm weird, Coach. Okay. Or I different. would, but, you know, but healthy, but weird. I didn't mean weird in a bad way, but, you know, weird in a different way. You're the only guy I know that reads the morning newspaper and then afterwards pours a glass of milk and actually eats some of the morning newspaper. With <laughs> that ink will kill you, trust me. <laughs> but it's good roughage. Yeah, trying to digest this morning's paper was pretty difficult for me, and that, and that wasn't talking about reading it. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some college basketball. We'll change topics here. Can we and... talk of Robbie Hummel? Oh, my goodness. Can we oh, talk Oh, a... my goodness. Yeah. Where was Taylor Battle? Yeah. Uh, John Hall. Yeah, I'm right with you. I watch some Big Ten hoops. I'll go uh, mono with mono with you. And we want to do it with you, the listener, too. Dial it up. College Basketball Talk, 888-463-6748. You can email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. David Olson, our producer, says time to take a break. We never argue with David. TalkZone.com. Time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. The big dog, Joe Radwanski. Outstanding joining us on the TalkZone.com. We've advertised you for so many weeks, big dog. It's great to have you two days in a row. I hope you're enjoying yourself at your palatial estate. Oh, I'm definitely enjoying myself. I have all my roommates out right now. They're all sitting on the couch. They're watching me do the show. It's, it's pretty entertaining over here. Coach. Really? People are yes. watching you do the show? Yes. Uh, pretty soon. I think we're going to get waitresses next time for the next time we do this. <laughs> yeah, well, by the like way, that. one of the things, uh, David Olson, our fine producer, commander-in-chief, Chris Whitting, the rest of the crew here, apparently, possibly in the fairly near future, we could be webcasting some of these shows. So tell your roommates they uh, they better dress up for the show because they might be on air in the not too distant future. No, we do need to webcam, Coach. We do need to webcast. That's, that's what and, I'm talking uh, about. Yeah. And uh, I just want to let you know I'm writing for a magazine, Lovable Magazine, and and they got these girls, the Lovables. There okay. there's six girls from all around the uh, around the world, Coach. We've got an Asian, <laughs> African American girl, uh, uh, a Saudi Arabian girl. We got them all on this. And uh, coming in the spring, they're going to be in town, uh-huh. and uh, we're going to promote them. We're going to have them like. 
at different businesses around the, the Chicagoland area. Okay. And uh, so we're going to have to webcast this. When you see the lovable girls coach, mm-hmm. uh, uh, let's just say if you have cardiovascular problems, if you have problems with uh, blood flow, you won't <laughs> after you see these girls. Might not need the prescription for that month, huh? No, no, definitely that will be. <laughs> Oh, we'll make sure they come on. We'll, we'll be happy to have them in the studio guests here on the talkzone.com. What's the name of the magazine? Uh, Lovable Magazine. It actually comes out in January. I'm actually writing the health and fitness section. Really? Yes, believe it or not. Coach. Okay. Well, no, I believe that because, you know, other sections I wouldn't believe. It was home and gardening or the uh, political section. I might find that hard to believe. But health and fitness, that's right up your alley. That's you know, I, actu- I actually got a uh, a job as an advice column writer for a magazine that tried to launch. And the advice I was giving these women, they loved it, but the, the magazine never caught on, so that mm-hmm. didn't work out. Well, so, what, advice on uh, dating and uh, or home building, or what was the advice? Yeah, it was some real advice, Coach. It was it was brutally honest. I wasn't sweet at all. I was pretty terse, and they, they really liked it. They were like, you know, you have a really good approach at this. i got to get you a copy of this. <laughs> pretty funny. So the more angry, the more rude, the more obnoxious you got, the more they liked it. No, no, I wasn't angry or rude. I was just brutally honest okay. with them. Okay. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, they didn't, some of them didn't want to hear what I had to say, but, you know, mm-hmm. I had to let them know that, you know, if some, if some guy is cheating on uh, his wife with you, you know, I mean, if you're, you know, okay. he's not going to leave the wife for you, okay, unless he's an idiot. Uh huh. All right. Well, maybe we could, uh, you know, the magazine got canceled, but I'd have to talk to our producer, David Olson. He's in charge of everything on the show. Basically, I follow the written script that David gives me, but uh, maybe. Maybe we could do a little advice column on the air, something like that. That is actually a really good idea. You'd be surprised, Coach. I can give some really, really, I mean, sage advice, considering yeah. that I'm, I'm 37. Yeah, you, you do. Uh, it's the old saying. I, you know, I'm in sports and I'm a coach. Those that can do, those that can't coach. There you go. So, there, you know, it would be the same with you giving dating advice. And, and I've dated a lot. It's just it's yes. never really worked out. I, I <laughs> By the way, during the break, before we talk college basketball, you'll be happy to know three more people joined our Twitter family. Lace them up. Cindy Slyby and Colonel Manders are now members of our Twitter family. Oh, Colonel Manders, huh? <laughs> I'm a little worried about Colonel Manders if we have that Twitter party. Uh, I tell you, she's, she's a handful, Coach. I, I just hope it's a she. It is. It is. I'm a little worried. We might have that Twitter party, Joel, and it might be you and Colonel Manders, the only two people that show up. <laughs> Cindy Slyby, on the other hand, I might want to meet her. But anyway, no. pe- people are joining our Twitter family. Just so you know, we're we're growing by leaps and bounds. If not leaps, maybe bounds. Okay, I I will have to join this eventually. The Twitter family. Yeah. Well, we don't need you. We just want other people listening. We we already know you're a member of the family. I mean, you're going to be listening in as it is. We want other people so we can tweet them and twit them and let them know about the show. All right, enough of that. College basketball, you alluded to it, a great performance in the first half, but that great performance for naught because the other team won. Describe a poor favor, Mr. Radwanski. Uh, last night, Purdue loses a home game, which doesn't happen very often to the Ohio Buckeyes because Evan Turner of the Buckeyes had a phenomenal second half, which squashed Robbie Hummel's first half for the Purdue Boilermakers. Robbie Hummel had 29 points in the first half, Coach. He was 8-10 from the three-point arc in the first half. And uh, he ended up uh, 
he got hurt in the second half. I'm not exactly sure what happened. I guess it was a dislocated finger. Oh, it was he nasty. Still came, he, he came back out there and still played with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a phenomenal Big Ten game. The Ohio State down 12 with eight minutes to go ends up getting a two-point win uh, mm-hmm. in West Lafayette last night. A fantastic ball game. Yeah, it really was. And Thad Mata, you know, he doesn't look the part. You look at him and you're like, how is he so successful as a coach? But you got an idea why he's so successful because while Purdue's having the unbelievable first half and Robbie Homo was just out of control the game's at Purdue, Mackey Arena, the fans are going nuts. Ohio State refused to cave in. They mm-hmm. hung in there, 14 points, 12 points, 10, 8, 8, 10, 12. So they were still hanging in, and sure enough, in the second half, Hummel cooled off. Ohio State slowly came back. They put the press on, and before you knew it, boom, bang, wham, zam, the Buckeyes are, are uh, taking the lead at Purdue, and Purdue could never regain themselves. But I thought it was a great coaching job, Big Dog, by Thad Mata and the Ohio State players not to give in despite the onslaught of the white kid, Robbie Hummel. And uh, you, you got to like the coaching that Mata does because how did they get back, Coach? They drove to the hoop. You know, Ohio State always gets easy layups, easy buckets. Thad Mata, like, stresses that, you know, move the ball, drive to the hoop, and that's what they did. It seemed like half of Ohio State's points were it was Evan Turner muscling somebody's body up and laying the, bo- laying the ball in and getting a, a plus one. Seriously, it was, it was an amazing second half. And, by the way, I don't think the NFL, uh, NFL, the NBA draft pundits need our help, big dog, but uh, Evan Turner. The kid out of St. Joseph's High School here in Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. He is a uh, a lock. I mean, you hate to say a guy's a guaranteed star in the NBA. And I'm not going to say superstar. He is a guaranteed, right off the bat, ready to go, 13, 14 points a game, eight rebounds. Evan Turner, one of the best players in the country. Yeah, and, and they like those. You remember tweeners were a bad thing like 15 years ago? They all were not sure where to put them. Now tweeners are the best thing ever because – you know, this guy could he'll handle the point for you for a few minutes in an NBA game, and mm-hmm. next thing you know, he could be running the three with you. So, mm-hmm. if you got a guy that's versatile in the NBA right now, that is gigantic because they love those match mismatched matches and everything that you can the, that you can do for people. Yeah, Evan Turner is a heck of a ball player, and uh, I agree. And he's coming off an injury, by the way. He's about seventy percent. I mean, you could imagine when he's a hundred percent healthy. The thing that impressed me about him is, you know, everybody talks about, you know, jumping ability, you know, the 42-inch vertical leap, the 38-inch. Wow, look at him get up for that slam dunk. Very underrated in basketball, Big Dog, is your quick jumping ability, your ability to get back up again. He's one of the best I've ever seen at it. He would miss a shot. And while these other guys, and keep in mind these other guys are some of your top Division One level athletes, are in the midst of landing and coming back up for it, boom, he's back for a second shot. I've never seen a guy. With quick jumping ability like Evan Turner. Yeah, and he, he displayed it last night, coach, going to the hole and like if you would miss one of those layups, yeah. you know, he was getting the tip in right back. He's right. Uh, everybody else was coming back down and, mm-hmm. and he's back up again, laying the ball back in. That's a, that's a, Ohio State has the best player in the Big Ten this year and it's Evan Turner. He is the best player in the conference. Mm-hmm. Fighting Illini, Illinois here in Big Ten country, barely beat Penn State 54-53 and we'll talk about the Kentucky yeah, no, no, game too. Isn't it amazing how you know, if if you look at like the histories of some team, Penn State has been the third in Illinois side. Illinois is not has not been as good as they should be the last three years, but they shouldn't have lost to Penn State the last three years at home. Penn State almost had a four game winning streak in Assembly Hall. No team has won three games in a row in Assembly Hall since. Uh, uh, I forget exactly who it was, but they mentioned it last night. I think it was like Purdue from the early '80s coach, and Penn State has it. Isn't that amazing? Well, Penn State. I mean, it is. And one thing I would tell you is the Penn State coach, Ed Tuchelius, 
supposed to say God bless you. And uh, to so tell you, uh, you know, a great coach. A great coach. We all talk about Mike Krzyzewski and Calipari and all the big names of the great coaches. There are great coaches for 500 teams, too. For middle of the road teams too. And Ed DeCellius is one of those guys who flies under the radar. Penn State's a football school. Not as easy to recruit in basketball, but you look at the talent he's got and how competitive he gets them to play. You don't hear his name much, but Ed DeCellius is a heck of a coach for Penn State. Oh, a phenomenal coach. And that was one heck of a ball game last night. It was going back and forth. Penn State could have easily won that, that, uh, basketball game. And every time Illinois has problems, it just drives me crazy when I don't see Mike Tizzell catching the ball underneath the hoop. And that's a, they could have won every single game this year if they concentrated on doing that more, but, uh, they don't and, and they have, they, they struggle with people. Every time this guy gets his touches coach, they win. And when he's touching the ball on the top of the key instead of right underneath the hoop, they lose. And, and last night there, was, there wasn't enough of Tisdale. Otherwise they should have blown, uh, Penn State out the water, but they did not. They barely won 54-53 in a heck of a ball game. Well, last year's game was a remarkable game, right? 38-33 was not, not the score for last year? That was the the total score of the whole entire ball game. Yep. Uh, I think I was in the middle of a business meeting last year, but I was actually I'm not kidding you. Uh, looking at the television screen, I remember telling this last year when we were doing the show. I could see the Illinois game on in a different room. It was really close to me, but there was but there was no sound because it was through glass. And I'm looking over there, and I'm like, "Do, uh, do these guys are they DVRing it? Because it's the score is like." <laughs> Twenty-nine to like twenty-six. Yeah. I'm like, there's got to be a first-half score, and I'm like, it keeps on saying, like, there's got to be something wrong with that. And all of a sudden, the game's over, and Penn State's celebrating, and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> Tell them to stop I, hitting I, the pause button and play the game. Yeah, so you know, like, you know, I get out of that meeting, turn my phone on, and I'm like, are you kidding me? It was Illinois had like nine points in the second half of that game, <laughs> and they never heard the end of it either. But uh, last night, a veritable scoring spree as they win 54-53. A little bit higher scoring game in a collegiate basketball front. Again, if you're just joining us, you want to talk some college hoops, the dog and the coach, with you on two guys and a mic, you can uh, dial it up at 888-463-6748, or you can email us at mike2guys at aol.com. Make sure you spell Mike, M-I-C, like the microphone. Uh, Big Dog Kentucky in Florida, good atmosphere. Dickie Vitale in rare form last night. Uh, Kentucky pulls it out, but a good ball game. Yeah, that's nice to hear, uh, Dickie V being healthy and, you know, being happy and all that stuff. He had a heck of a ball game, great atmosphere. Of course, I was watching the Illinois game at this time, so I was like going back and forth and just, you know, sparringly checking that out. But, uh, yeah, that John Wall kid can definitely play coach. And yeah, Kentucky's got themselves a bunch of really good ball players and, uh, mm-hmm. they're going to be, they're back, I guess, is the best way to put it. Ranked number two in the country, still undefeated to the college hoop season. Kind of a fun time right now. We are in the conference play. One could call it the heart of the season, Big Dog, the meat and potatoes of the season. And, you know, I know we always look forward to the NCAA tournament, but I love this time of year for college basketball. It's where teams really kind of develop. Well, they've been developing, but now they kind of show their stuff. Well, you know what? I'm a diehard sports fan. I love college basketball. Yep. And what else do we have right now as a, as a sports fan? We got the, the playoff games, you know, Saturday and Sunday. You know, that's all well and good, but during the very, week, very very exciting Cub convention coming up this weekend at the Chicago Hilton Towers. Oh my goodness! I got to You know what? Seriously, now I'm going to stand outside and actually <laughs> sell uh, Star Trek convention tickets, and I bet you I I'd probably. <laughs> I'll sell 10 times more than I normally would. We're sending our producer, David Olson, out to the Cub Convention, hoping that he'll come back with a Jeff Baker autograph. The lines are going to be enormous for that coach. (laughs) I love the Cub Convention. I've never gone to one, but I just appreciate the people that go. 
And of course, I know you're getting um, excited about the Vancouver you know, Olympics, the Winter Olympics coming up in a month, big dog. Yeah, we will have that, so we we can check out the luge, the skeleton, the mm-hmm. the women's figure skating, the downhill. Those are my favorite events. Well, uh, Long time bobsled guy myself. Yeah, the 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 four man, the, the double luge. I'm a huge fan of. Not watching it, <laughs> actually participating. Yeah, that's that's really good stuff there. Yeah. Have you seen that skeleton stuff? I have you know what not. I'm, I'm not. You know, I know the event. I've heard it, but I can't honestly tell you. I know what the skeleton looks like. It's on the same track as the that the losers are on and the bobsledders. Mm-hmm. Okay, except they, you know, it's basically just like a, a rosebud style sled. Okay, except it's a little bit more sleek. It's not wood. It's like titanium, coach. Mm-hmm. And these guys run at full speed and jump on it and go down face first. They they hit eighty five miles an hour going face first down this thing. You you got to see it. It's one of the most amazing things. Now, does the does the other team get to play like defense and try to block it at the very end? Oh well, I guess they could like drag their foot and try to like create some bumps in the ice so you go flying out. But yeah, that's 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 frowned upon, coach, because people die. Well, I think uh, you know maybe in the future to make it more spectator friendly, you start putting some defense in the bobsled or the luge or the skeleton. You know, uh, each each co- opposing country could have like a four man team that tries to stop the momentum somewhere along the way. Okay, we'll put you in front. I'll be the fourth guy in that list if you don't mind. <laughs> Take okay. one for your country would bring an all new term to the Winter Olympics. Oh, there goes Boris von Steino for Germany. He probably won't be with us anymore, but what a tremendous block. And he did slow down the Swedish team into a second place. Thank you, Boris, even though you can't hear us. Well, I I guarantee you, though, the the, the Japanese will definitely win that particular event. (laughs) So there is, uh, but you're right. I mean, it's mainly NFL football and college basketball right now. But as long as we have the baseball cup convention, I'm a happy man. By the way, you're a football guy. I don't know how far you go back. Walking into the office right behind our producer, David Olson, one of the many fine offices that we are not allowed to go into here at TalkZone.com, ex-Chicago Bear tight end Robin Earl in the house, apparently going to be doing a show after us, Doug. Yeah, I, I do remember him coming out of Washington, getting drafted in like the second or third round out of Washington, and then uh, you know playing with Walter Payton and all those guys. You know, was like what? Now this is this is a good opportunity. Tim Pat Dunsmore and. Didn't he lose his his tight end job to the punter? (laughs) I was just going to say this is a great opportunity for you because he can't speak back. He's in the other office. You could take your shots at a Robin Earl right now. I I I I think he just did. Somebody took. Oh, he might be coming in the studio. Watch out! Okay. (laughs) He made a signal, but now he's backing off. Uh, I don't don't know if Robin heard that comment. You said he lost his job to the punter. Yeah, who was who was? Oh yeah, was that was that Bob Sander, the guy from Penn State? Right? I'm trying to think of his name. It was number 86. I forgot. Yeah, Parsons. Bob Parsons. Yeah, that's it. Bob yeah. Parsons. Okay. Well, you know what? Losing your job to Bob Parsons is not so bad because Bob Parsons was a hell of an athlete at Penn State and a pretty good tight end. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's like growing up as a kid. Those were, those are my Bears coach, late 70s, early 80s yeah. when, you know, it yeah. was, uh, it was a good time. All right. Now, now you're in trouble, big dog, because Robin Earl did not like the Bob Parsons comment. He is now in the, <laughs> actually, you're not in trouble. I'm in trouble because he's probably going to pound me on your behalf because you're far away. But let's, see, we'll see if we can get Robin on the air here. You're talking to one up, Robin, one of the top Division three football players ever to come out of McMurray College, the big dog, Joe Redwanski. Hey, Joe. How are you, man? I'm uh, doing all right, Robin. What's up? Hey, man. Yeah, that was Bob Parsons, number 86. You know, he I, I punted in, I punted in, co- no, no, no. I punted in college. I was his backup for my seven years there with the Bears. Actually, Bob and I ended up down in Birmingham, Alabama together, too, okay. for two more years after now, the Bears. Were you drafted in 75? Uh, I was drafted in 77. 
Okay, okay. Yeah, that so was a was... class with Ted Albrecht and uh, Mike Spivey, myself. Out of USC, right? Uh, Ted Albrecht out of Cal. No, I was I was Washington. Okay. Hey, you've made that you've made that mistake a couple times yeah. on the air with Comcast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Washington. Well, you know, as your as your with Preston and uh, Kevin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he says, "Hey, their dad played at USC." No, no, no. That was oh, Washington sorry. Huskies. Don't make that mistake. Don't that make a... that mistake. But speaking of USC, by the way, real quick, your thoughts? A couple of football guys here. Uh, it <clears> takes <throat> them one day to hire Tennessee's Lane Kiffin. Uh, it, just Lane Kiffin leaving Tennessee after one year. You know what? That, uh, that shocked me, uh, you know, when I heard the news with that. Uh, apparently Tennessee didn't, uh, fit his, uh, didn't fit what he wanted. How can you just grab a coach in one year, drag yeah. him over to USC? There's a yeah. lot of Tennessee Vol, uh, people really upset over this. Yes, yes. And, and, you know, not just Tennessee, uh, volunteer people. What about Tommy Tuberville? You know, he takes a Texas Tech job, and now he's like, oh, man, I could be a Tennessee if I would have waited another week. Did he you have know, some kind of clause in his contract where, I mean, I would think Tennessee, when you hire him, you're guaranteed. Was there like a USC out in his contract? It had to been. Had to be. Okay. That's that's where these coaches work. You know, I was just, you know, they need to do something that when the, when the, when the kids sign, my God, uh, let them go somewhere else if they went there for the coach. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's amazing that the, the players can't transfer, and the reason why they go to places, 80% of it is because of the coach, and they're the ones that get stuck someplace. All right, Big Dog, we got to get out of here. We appreciate Robin Earl for joining us. Dog, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to TalkZone.com. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10.